I have a guest with me today. She uncovered a plot by a group of rivals to take down medical medium and our community. To be safe, she chose to record the calls legally, and they were caught red-handed. We're talking about the plot. A group of rivals planned in a premeditative way to take down medical medium and the community. Make it go away. Take it all down. But they got caught. Caught red-handed. They got found out. If they didn't, no one would be the wiser. Never before has this ever happened in the health and wellness space. When you listen to the plot, your jaw may hit the floor. Strap yourself in for episode two. Get ready for the next round of the plotter's recordings. Holy shit, we need to get this guy off the internet. First chop at the tree. Parting of the Red Seas. Uh, take him down. Take this scale. Multiple steps. Take Anthony down. Step one in this process. There's no coming back from that. When I just hear those again, and the intentions behind them, I mean... You, I'm still in shock, first of all, but you can feel the negative energy and the sense of their goals. And the more recordings we hear, the more is uncovered. It's bone chilling. Back with me on the Medical Medium podcast is Amber Vizicaro, who the medical medium community is calling our hero right now. I'm honored to have you here, Amber. Today, we're going to go through some more recordings that were obtained legally and of these anonymous sources who are actually plotting the takedown of the medical medium and the medical medium community. And when I say that, I mean, I, I just can't believe what they were doing. But the facts are there, the information's there, and the recordings are there, undeniable. And it's just, it's just unbelievable. For the people who haven't heard the last episode, if you can and you have a moment, try to catch up and listen to 35, episode 35, part one, plot to take down the medical medium. Amber, first, can you give us a little recap on some of your recordings from the last episode? Of course. In part one, we talked about how there was an attempt to indoctrinate me into a group, a group of people with health and wellness businesses that have plotted a premeditated plan to go to a journalist at a mainstream media outlet with a manipulated story that would, if all went according to their plan, cause so much upset that the medical medium community would all come crashing down. And in the process, they're exploiting a deceased person, shaping a story that they want to, the way that they want to spin it, leaving out facts and content, cherry picking evidence that suits a preferred narrative with a plan of publishing additional articles and ultimately to sell a negative documentary. And how we talked about how I obtained legal recordings of these phone conversations. Versus like when the, the movie came out or the, doc, or the Netflix thing came out, like this is, this is gonna happen. Holy shit. There's going to be a documentary about it all? That's our vision. I mean, it's not going to be first you have to publish the article. And then once the article is published, then people start bidding on the piece. The intention that Ash and I had is that it's going as a Netflix series 
like Bad Vegan will be made about Anthony Brown. And it will be a fucking hit because what he pulled off is unbelievable. <laughs> and the celebrity angle, like this thing, this Netflix version is going to go bonkers. I mean, I connected with a lot of people to it. He really appreciated Ash and I, and then just gave him a lot of direction for this piece. We gave him a lot of clarity. Sort of like he was having, he was having a hard time wrapping his head around a lot of it. He had to like really hammer in, in his head, like what's going on, and, and like explain the details and point him towards this, point him towards that. But I, I was upset. And I said, like, he, it, you are scared. You're scared. Like, what's going on? What's the delay? Like, you, I, you have everything. It's on the fucking phone. Like, you have all this stuff. Like, what more do you need? Mm-hmm. And then I, I basically threatened him. I will definitely take responsibility for one. Of, I've been one of the people that's been pushing for this. Uh, if you want to take the, the list of people of why this article's coming out and why it's coming out in a. Um, mainstream publication is number one. Ash is the number one responsible. I would be number two. would be number three. would be number four. It was us four who like decided this needs to happen. So this is what this group of plotters did to sell a story, to sell their narrative. They had to hammer it into the head of a journalist, point him here and point him there, and ultimately threaten him. And today I'm going to unpack more of the content from the calls that I had with these plotters as part of the attempt that they had to recruit me that really speaks to a serious lack of credibility in each of them as sources. had given me seeds. She planted seeds that I had not heard when I saw the documentary. And then when I saw the documentary and I flipped, that's when I started collecting way more information. I went back to I asked for more. First of all, I want to point out here that this plotter is stating in his own words that what ultimately what turned him against medical medium wasn't a story. It wasn't a piece of information about a deceased person. It was him watching a documentary that a co-plotter's husband helped to create, which made him think to himself, that could be Anthony. That was his light bulb moment. Next, he says he turned to a source that he deems as being reliable, who made him so confident that medical medium was problematic that he became the number two instigator of this entire takedown plot. uh, (laughs) Is like a CIA agent. I mean, this, and she'll be happy to talk to you, Amber. You can talk to anybody you want in this story. But she, like, went and found pictures of him in his high school yearbook. <laughs> Can I hear that one again? is like a CIA agent. I mean, this, and she'll be happy to talk to you, Amber. You can talk to anybody you want in this story. But she, like, went and found pictures of him in his high school yearbook. <laughs> so that sounds like the plotters or are looking for anything they can find. I guess they're in my yearbook looking for pictures. And I heard CIA agent. So I guess there must be something these plotters are doing. So, and when I even think back to the other clips you you played for us, there were four people. They had like a ranking system. So it was like one, two, three, four. And 
they brought this plot to the media company. I, that's what it looks like, too, through all of that. And it was inspired by a husband who actually does cinematography, meaning yes. that was involved. And I'm just so blown away in a sense where I'm, I'm actually in shock, in shock. So, uh, really, I was just a seeker of truth like you are. <clears throat> I just wanted to know the truth. So I was surprised. He talked to me on the phone and we talked for a good long time. But one of the stories he told me, I have no idea why. I don't remember why our conversation went here. But I think this is the underlying thing for Anthony all the time is that um, I think in his childhood, growing up in, in Maine, and it's just, it's a different world, um, especially back then. Um, and he probably didn't fit in. I think the kids picked on him a lot. He was mentioning stuff that how the boys, um, when he was, he had a little job after work, after school, like a little work job. And he was walking home and they set up, it was wintertime, and they set up a, a snow, um, trap i don't know what to call it whereas when he walked by a certain spot they all bombarded him with snowballs mm -hmm. and he's still telling this story to this day to me <laughs> so apparently it hurt him a lot both physically and mentally i think he was like bloody and bleeding and you know you have to go home and explain to your mom why why you're all beat up but i think that was a common thing that the kids were mean to him so um I don't know. Maybe he snapped. I don't know. He just has this strong will to feel important. And that's what I say to kind of get back at everyone, you know, to be something really special. So here we are again. This is this is somebody who this group is relying on for so-called factual information that ultimately the journalist ends up relying on for factual information. And and we have again the truth seeker phrase, truth seeker, truth seeker. And I want to talk about this so-called truth. Anthony, is this is this a story that you shared with this woman? I haven't experienced a childhood experience like that. So I'm, you know, confused about that. That seems like the story from the movie Elf, where Buddy and Michael were in Central Park and they got attacked by some kids and some bullies. That's what it reminds me of. And he's still telling this story to this day to me. So if I hear that clip correctly, that recording, she's saying, I'm still telling that same snowball fight story today or maybe the other day. Or it sounds like now I'm still telling that person the story, but I haven't talked to this person in years. Um, I don't know. Maybe he snapped. I don't know. He just has this strong will to feel important. And that's what I say to kind of get back at everyone, you know, to be something really special. And I really don't think it's spirit. 
I think he I think he has a mental disorder actually because there's so many things that are signals for that maybe he really does think he hears voices you know there's a lot of people people with schizophrenia out there and they think they hear voices as well and not necessarily bad ones basically this woman doesn't believe in your gift which is fine right to each their own but she's filling in that gap by diagnosing you as if she's a psychiatrist when she's not based on stories that you never actually told her. And one major theme that I observe from these recordings is that several people in this group weaponize the fact that they've ever spoken to you personally at all, even if you were not actually close to them in reality, and they use it as leverage to position themselves as people who have insider information to recruit others and as a marker of credibility to say whatever they want about you in general. Okay. So talked to a lot of people um, and gathered all kinds of information. He has a shit ton from Here this plotter is saying that the journalist that they sought out for this mainstream media article got a ton of his information from this woman. And I'm not exactly sure that she sounds like a reliable source, to say the least. You know, like, when he woke up from a coma, did, like, was he... Does he, is he mentally disturbed? Does he actually think he hears a voice? Um, I mean, are these people who do like fucking crazy sacrifices? Of, like, I don't even know. Like, who knows? Like, I, I, like, are they acting like they're Christian, but they're really killing little babies? Like, I don't fucking know. I, I, it, it's crazy. So this guy is plotting a plan with a group of people, a group of plotters, They've taken it to a major mainstream media outlet. And at the same time, they're plotting. They're associating me with sacrificing babies or killing babies while they're being anonymous sources. <sighs> and yeah, this is, this is amazing, actually. But there's like no one more trustworthy than Robbie. <laughs> so I know that whatever he shared with you is like spot on. Can we hear that one again? But there's like no one more trustworthy than Robbie. <laughs> so I know that whatever he shared with you is like spot on. The most trustworthy. That was really interesting to me. Is that what we're calling someone who's making up horrifying allegations? of sacrificing and killing babies who completely hid this sinister plot from me for over a year and who plotted behind your back, Anthony, and behind everyone's back. Well, I'm so glad you're on the team of the good guys. <laughs> at least, I don't know about good, but at least honest. <laughs> We've got to mix, but at least we're trying to be honest about it. Is it possible to hear that one again? I'm so glad you're on the team of the good guys. <laughs> at least, I don't know about good, but at least honest. <laughs> We've got a mix, but at least we're trying to be honest about it. Throughout these recordings, the plotters contradict themselves a lot like this. Here, it's at first, at first it's we're the good guys. And then, well, I don't know about good, but at least honest. And then she says, it's, well, we're trying to be honest. 
This is who was named as the number one source. And she's here contradicting herself again and again as she's referring to herself and her fellow colluders. Anthony, that's not even his real name, by the way. I'm not sure if you know that. It's not? Um, it's not. No, it's not. What is it? Um, I don't even know. I don't care anymore. <laughs> that's not his real name, though. This plotter was so confident in the negative things that she was saying, so confident in saying that Anthony is not your real name, and yet she doesn't actually know what it is. She doesn't know. She doesn't care. It's like she can't even be bothered to get her information straight before spreading rumors. Anthony, that's not even his real name, by the way. I'm not sure if you know that. It's not? Um, it's not. No, it's not. What is it? Um, I don't even know. I don't care anymore. <laughs> that's not his real name, though. Okay, so that's not my real name I'm hearing. The in interesting part is the person doesn't even care to even know, but this person is a source that's supposed to be relied upon. When I was growing up, no one could pronounce my last name right. And so my school teachers and other people would call me Anthony William. And Anthony William is my legal name. That is my real name. My real name's Anthony. And so when I hear that, it sounds like my name, Anthony, is not even my real name. So if that rumor is going around, I could see people being like, whoa, that's not even his real name, but it's Anthony William. That's my real name. And that's what I go by. And so, and there's nothing wrong with trying to maintain a little bit of privacy too, but my name is not hidden by any means my last name's not hidden at all. It's easy to find. It's not as if it's being hidden. But throughout my life, my family has called me Anthony William. My mom calls me Anthony William, even up to this point now, today. And that is my legal name. And Anthony is my first legal name, too. Throughout these recordings, I found that this group often conflated privacy with dishonesty. They're acting like you're deceiving people when Anthony William is your actual legal first name and middle name. Your last name is out there. Like you said, you're not hiding it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to maintain some privacy. Meanwhile, these plotters didn't want anyone to know what they've been up to and what they've been doing. I'm not, I'm not afraid of Anthony. Um, I'm being strategic. If I wanted, I mean, I thought about when I talked to well, do you want to be off the record, on background? Like, what do you want to do here? And the truth is, I, I'm, I would be happy to be on the record and just like say, all right, Robbie said that. But the, the, the strategic reason behind that, that's not smart because I'm, I have a different, I, I'm, I'm building something different with my life. And I don't want to be associated with this, with this in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. I want to just completely distance myself and be gone. Mm -hmm. I will not be in the documentary. My name will not be in the article. I'm, I'm just leaving. That's tragic in so many ways. So I'm speechless in the moment when I hear that because what that plotter is doing is telling a journalist whatever they want to tell them, going anonymous. The person's not afraid of me. The person just doesn't want to be involved on any level after the basically the bomb is dropped 
and and a documentary happens because that's part of the plotter's plan altogether. But this person works in the health space, is a business owner, or works in, in business in the health space, and here that person is basically plotting to plan or strategically plotting to plan the takedown of medical medium and the community. The journalist is allowing it. That's a whole nother story. And to unpack this, I mean, I could sit here, we can sit here and unpack this for a long time, but I know we have to move on. There's so much more, but this is a person working in the health space, competitor, rival, whatever you want to say, a plotter with a group of people, directing a journalist, staying anonymous, going on their merry way to keep doing what they're doing in the health space, in the health field, not having their name attached to anything, and they're not afraid of me at the same time. And all this is perfectly fine to the journalist, perfectly fine, obviously, to the media company. I find it despicable. Great. Like, he's really... He's really easygoing, and if you say to him, like, I want to talk on background, um, or I want to talk off the record, or however you want to do it, if you say, I don't want you to quote me, mm-hmm. or say it, you, like, you know, put my name anywhere, he's happy to do that, and he's also, like, he'll change your name if you want, you know, a particular statement to be said, but you want to use a different name. You know, just make sure you are upfront about anonymity. You know, do you want your mm-hmm. name mentioned or not? Be sure you say clearly what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my recommendation for that, you know what that is, is to not. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. Um, you know, you don't want to be sued for any kind of defamation of character. So on these recordings, I'm pretty sure that what is being described here is not how real journalism is supposed to be conducted. And one of these plotters is clearly aware that what she's saying is most likely defamatory. It's like, she's going to go after you, but she's not going to put her name behind it. It sounds like she's not confident in what she's saying and concerned that what she's saying might not be true. And some of these sources won't put their names behind their statements because they admittedly don't completely stand behind their statements. So if he had if he had picked something out that was like, yes, like I stand by that statement like 1000% every single moment of my life, like I'd be, I would have been like, yeah, you can use my name. But the, the things that he asked me to go on record were like not things that I, um, I was just like, eh, I don't, I mean, I said that, but that's not really like, something that I feel like super strongly about that feels important to have my name behind it. So I ended up saying no. And he was very kind about it. I mean, he asked me to explain why and I did, but he didn't like push me about it at all. So that's a major red flag to me. I think that that sounds like something the journalist, something that the journalist should have pushed her on. If she doesn't feel comfortable with what she said, she shouldn't have it in print. The fact that the journalist knows that she doesn't even fully stand behind what she said, to me, that shouldn't even go in an article then. I really don't even know what to say about this. 
when you unpack this one, the person doesn't feel comfortable standing behind their statement. That alone, right? And then the person isn't even a thousand percent confident. The statement is not just stand viable, but can even be seen. The person wants to be anonymous in the back end, but that, but the yet isn't standing behind the statements, doesn't want them out front on record. Journalist seems to be fine with it. I mean, it just seems like a weaponization of some kind. It's almost like just fit anything in. Oh, you want to be in the back end? Then fine. You don't have to stand behind these comments. We'll put them in the article. But don't worry, we won't say your, na- say your name. Maybe they'll even change a name, of course. Put a fake name. It's a type of wordsmithing, for sure. It And they do this, I think, to make the reader feel any way they want them to feel. And they kind of put what they want to put in, even if the person isn't standing behind it. And this should be the bigger story, because this is... Yeah, this is unconsciousable. Yeah. It's it's not a natural situation. It's not a natural story. It seems as though these people don't know much of the story or they don't feel comfortable standing by their own statements. And there's some misinformation mixed in. And then you've got a journalist listening as if this stuff is all, you know, real. It's It's kind of like a favoring of the plotted plan and it's it's that it falls in the line of i mean some character assassination territory it's like you can keep you can take sources that are filled with misinformation and then you can weaponize it like you said you can slip in a fact or two somewhere around it and then you make it as if it's law or complete truth and uh it's really interesting it's it's it seems like it's a way of telling the story the way that they want the reader to read it. And so obviously I had some questions about all of this as I was listening to, to this group of individuals, I was trying to figure it all out. I really truly was not asking a huge amount of questions. I was mostly just trying to hear these people out as you can hear in the recordings that we're sharing. But it was interesting to me that throughout this process, they quickly became uncomfortable with me asking questions at all. You might want to stop talking to some to people at some point. I mean, I can't imagine you, you don't have enough information by now. I mean, again, I don't know how much more you need to know, Amber, but... Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, you don't like to go ahead. I'm just saying, like, I'm just looking out for you. Like, how, I guess my question is, how long do you want to stay in the state? I think Robbie's kind of frustrated with me because I've been asking questions. And it's happening for me, too. This group of plotters feels so strongly about you being so problematic that they have taken it this far so as to plot to take you down, to take the community down. Yet they don't even know medical medium information that well. You've probably read the books more thoroughly than I than I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one, I actually really liked the first very first one that came out. It was kind of real. Except for the stories. I kind of skipped over those but you know all the protocols and stuff were very helpful and the information seems sincere um whether it's right or not i don't know but it certainly was interesting and i had never heard of what he was talking about before i met him so i am grateful for that because i think what he's mentioning is very real 
this woman, this plotter is admitting that the information is helpful. She's also saying that she skimmed through it. So she didn't really study the book. She didn't really study the information. And then at the same time, she was telling me that practitioners come to her to learn from her all the time. And she was suggesting that I could come to her for practitioner support and education. Are there people who are applying medical medium information still who call you and ask for advice? Absolutely. Yeah. That's mostly what I have. I have very few clients that found me outside of medical medium. And, and, you know, word of mouth is really big. Um, You know, and when somebody mentions you on social media, you know, well, you're probably there right now (laughs) with uh, getting recommendations. And people love word of mouth from others who are being helped. Yeah. Yeah. But also, so practitioners who are applying medical medium information will ask you for advice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This plotter is positioning herself as an authority, as a health practitioner, when it seems as though she doesn't even really know medical medium information. She doesn't believe in spirit. It sounds like she really only read the first book. It sounds like she skimmed it at best. There are eight books plus a ton of other resources. If food were the only key to healing, which is what Anthony implies, really. Um, so, but I mean, I mean, do you do you ever hear Anthony talk about anything other than what to eat? Not not a lot, right? I mean, he does get into some spiritual stuff and things, but not really. Yeah, I mean, he had talked about, he's got like the angels, he's got the... Uh-huh the soul healing techniques he's got in the healing path resource he talked about, which I think that like that doesn't, that's something that nobody really comes across anymore. He talked about the importance of like exercise and sunlight and, yeah. and all of those other sorts of okay, things. Well, that's good. Yeah. I have heard the healing path, but not for a really long time. Yeah. Um, well, that's right. He did mention some of that. Yeah. I don't know. He really focuses on food though now. So here I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go into explaining more. I wasn't about to try to give this woman a lesson on how all of the books and how all of the resources are about so much more than just how to eat. I wanted to see what she knew and it became really clear to me that this group, again, does not really understand medical medium information for what it is and yet their sources, they feel so strongly about you and the information being problematic in some way, shape, or form, yet um, they admit to applying it in their own lives explicitly without citing the source. Maybe you can still take that following and just, you know, do your own thing aside from medical medium, you know, not without, like like Robbie said, without mentioning him, yeah. but still uh, teach people what you've learned and what you what you practice yourself and what works for you and kind of work on it from that perspective since you have a following already you could now do i when i talk to people about health and well-being use a million things that i've learned from him 100 percent. i mean getting this information out in the world he shouldn't care who gets credit for it i don't know any healer any real healer that wants to have credit for things and trust me you didn't you know you you didn't need the credit anthony for 
what you've learned and you can do that without ever using the word medical medium or mm-hmm. Anthony Williams, you know? Here this group is coaching me on how to not cite the information. They're coaching me on how to plagiarize the information. Unlike them, I cite the source and I always will because it's about integrity. It's about caring about other people. It's about people needing to heal. Citing the source is about respect. Not citing the source ends up resulting in people putting their own spin on it, even if they don't mean to. It gets tainted right by human interference. The information gets changed and further distorted as it gets passed down the line, becoming something else entirely like a game of telephone where no one can fully get what they need to heal. And, you know, it just, it makes me question the level of compassion that this group has for others. Citing the source is not about Anthony. It's not about you, Anthony. It's not about you seeking notoriety in any way, shape or form. I know that it it comes from a place of deeply caring about people and people having access to the original pure information, which just so happens to be free. You can access it all for free so that the people who are struggling and suffering can take it as far as they need to go. This group, they want to brand themselves. They want to be somebody. They all have businesses in the wellness space. They're trying to convince me to have no integrity. They're essentially saying that all of the copyrighted original information is free game. They want rights to that. They feel entitled to that. They feel entitled to continue on with their brands. Meanwhile, they want a post-medical medium era. They want it all down. They want everyone to stop mentioning medical medium at all. These people with these intentions are the main sources behind this plot and this article. They're plagiarized from other books who were his mentors before him. Like, yeah, everybody knows that apples have X vitamins and Z vitamins. And his information is very, very, very basic. Vitamins in an apple is interesting because the medical medium information, the books, they really don't talk much about vitamins. That's actually what everybody else does out there because that's essentially as, as far as science and research goes. And I know that you and I, Anthony, could talk for hours about what makes medical medium information completely unique and original. Um, it's quite an insult to oversimplify the information like that and to try to discredit how unlike anything else that's out there that's ever been done before in history, it is. And whether people want to admit that or not, it's true. And then we've got this plotter who's accusing you of plagiarizing information. It's a serious accusation. So when I think about that and I see what the plotter's saying, that's a serious accusation. First of all, my publisher would never let one of the medical medium books out the door if it was plagiarized on any level. They have a lot of editors. They uh, purposely look for things like that. They can't just let the book go out because these books are symptoms and conditions and a lot of intricate information about the body. All that stuff has to be cited from studies and 
places of origin that could be like medical clinics, um, articles that are out there from doctors. It all has to be cited. It can't just be thrown into a medical medium book and then sent out the door by the publisher. So there's no such thing as plagiarizing in these books. And these books would have to cite every single thing everywhere out there. The publisher wouldn't have it in any other way. So yeah, so that that accusation is ridiculous. He's very he's very smart, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, probably has some kind of personality disorder, potentially narcissism, and I, I don't know what else. I found that to be a really interesting assessment coming from a group of individuals that refers to themselves as elite. But I'm letting you know, like. We are an elite group of people. We're in an elite category, you know? I want to play this clip again in a minute because recently one of these plotters claimed that nobody ever, they tried to claim that nobody ever referred to themselves as elites. And I want to display that I'm not putting words in these people's mouths. These are actually things that were said by them on these recordings. I also want to point out the fact that you, Anthony, have never referred to yourself as elite. You've never referred to yourself as being above anyone or anything of the like. There's this really twisted dynamic with this group where it's like everything, it seems like everything that they're accusing you of is actually what they're doing and how they are. But I'm letting you know, like, we are an elite group of people. We're, we're in an elite category, you know. And by the way, Ash didn't need to work. Ash has yeah, yeah. ever, ever. The, the woman is... She's had family money. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, private jet and plus. Did I hear that correctly? Can I hear that back, that clip? And by the way, Ash didn't need to work. Ash has yeah, yeah. ever, ever. The, the woman is... She's had family money. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, private jet and plus. So basically, they're saying they're an elite group. You've shown me all the recordings so far, or a fraction of them really from what you said you have, but you showed recordings showing that they're plotting this plan. They went to the media company, mainstream media outlet. They are strategic about it and they even have a ranking system like the number one person involved number two number three number four and now i hear one of the people has a private jet they don't have to work or work for a living and they have what seems to be lots of family wealth and i don't have a private jet i have to work for a living I have to work to make sure I could bring this information to everyone, to the public. And there's no paywalls and there's no programs, nothing like that. Of course, I don't mind when people monetize their websites or do what they want to do with their businesses, but I don't monetize my website like other people do. And meanwhile, this person has a private jet, lots of wealth, seems to be the number one plotter from what it looks like with the list and ranking system. And 
Yeah, I mean, I'm speechless, really. Um, I come from the working class. That's where I come from. But apparently this is an elite group. They're saying that in in these recordings. Um, so, yeah, and knowing that these plotters are actually looking to get that documentary together, negative documentary, all of it, plus the article, and then when you look at the plotters and the information, they don't even care to even want to know what my name is. But yet my fate is in their hands, and the community's fate is in their hands of this plot. It's really interesting. Yeah. So let's let this group speak for themselves more about their plot. I mean, when you think about this from a journalist's perspective, this piece is unfucking believable. I mean, this is this is a journalist dream. I mean, you 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 want I mean, it, the, the celebrities, the number of books sold. Yeah, it is awful, and that's why this there's an article coming out about him. I don't know if you know anything about that. It's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, I would not want to be on that train when that article comes out. I'm just saying. I think there's there's a lot coming is what I think, which is why it's really good that they're telling you now. Yeah, we're hopeful that once the article's out, um, one of the directors or producers that Britain works with will, uh, you know, become interested in telling the story really well. Oh, cool, awesome, I'll pass that on to my husband. He was a cinematographer for that. He primarily has been working in documentary the last few years. Britain was on the phone and I was like, I was like, look guys, like Britain, I was like, you have the connections. Like you were the cinematographer of Bad Vegan. Like, can't, why don't you just go like, just talk to people. Yeah. And then, and then like, that's when, and that's when Ash went, cause like theoretically without me pushing this along, why the fuck didn't Ash go to months prior? Right? Like, what took, why does she do that? Like, I, I feel like I is to do this. Yeah. Okay. That would make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No question. I'm in shock. As I stated in our, in part one, this group appears to be using a manipulated story of a deceased person in order to drive out their goals. What we're uncovering again and again is... I mean, again, this is just kind of scratching the surface. It's it's that there are so many more layers to this. This The deceased person, it seems to me, in all of these 17 hours of calls that I've had, all these recordings um, with these people as part of this group, is that the story is essentially a guise that really draws people in and really makes people feel like, oh, you know, medical medium is so bad. And, but then as I was really speaking to these people and, and hearing them out about what was problematic about you to them, a huge percentage of it was just all of this other stuff. It was, there were all of these other layers and all the stuff underneath the surface, these stories, these rumors, all of this twisted misinformation. And then you can kind of see in the recordings in their own words in a lot of these clips, what is actually going on behind the scenes and maybe what's driving these people in in ways that I don't know if they realize, um, but maybe some people who are involved in this are being driven by, as I said before, some potentially misplaced grief or 
potentially guilt about their own involvement with the situation, something like that. But it seems like a lot of it is being driven by nefarious intentions and by what some of these people can stand to gain personally, professionally, financially, and otherwise from the fulfillment of this plot, this plan. I'm seeing, yeah, I mean, I'm in, I don't even know what to say. I like, I can't get my words together because I'm hearing cinematographers um, making connections, making connections about the documentary that they're bringing to the media outlet. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing money uh, is, is involved. I'm hearing a person talk about how they wouldn't want to be on this train when this article comes out, which is, which is means they all knew they're all plotting. It's their connections to the media company. It's all in these recordings. I heard it's a journalist's dream because they're selling it to a journalist saying, Hey, this is a journalist's dream. Um, I hear they're talking about how many numbers of books sold, um, things in that nature. Uh, this is a premeditated plot. Who can do this? It's unconsciousable. Doesn't matter how much damage is done to the community. Doesn't matter anything. They have a strategy and a plan in place. It's all there in the recordings. I don't even know what to say when I hear these recordings. Can you replay that clip, the important clip? I mean, they're all important, but the important clip about they had the idea first, the plot, and they took it to the media company? Brandon was on the phone, and I was like, I was like, look, guys, like, Britain, I was like, you have the connections. Like, you were the cinematographer of Bad Vegan. Like, can't, why don't you just go, like, just talk to the people? Yeah. And then, and then, like, that's when, and that's what Ash went and did. Because, like, theoretically, without me pushing this along, why the fuck didn't Ash go to months prior? Right? Like, what took, why did she do that? Like, I, I feel like I instigated it. So it wasn't the media company that took upon the story upon themselves. The recordings say everything. It turns out it was their idea. That's the instigator there. And then the husband has the connections to the media outlet. And they took that plot to the media outlet. Um, sounds like took the plot to the media outlet using husband's connections too. Um, and this is before it even started. So this is even early on. So what this plotter is saying, it's unthinkable. It's just unthinkable. Yeah. And like you were saying before, it's, these are, we're showing motives. We're showing true intentions by these people saying these things in their own words. We're showing all of this colluding and, and just really interesting dynamics and how the story all came to be. And there's a serious lack of concern for the damage that essentially they intend to, to cause. So can you talk more about that and, and how this process has, has affected you? Well, it's affected me for sure, but the worst part is it's it's affected the communities because I had to forfeit the book. 
I was going to do for this year that was going to be released in October, but there's no way to do it. So it was a spiritual book that everybody was waiting for. Um, so I had to cancel that. Um, four months straight with hundreds of questions from a journalist. And the, I mean, the crazy thing is, it's just, yeah, I haven't worked in four months for the community at all. So when you, it, those are the things that I care about the most, never mind the, the damage, you know, involved with, you know, my family and, um, you know, all of that involved. It's, it's really the big part for me is, is the future of getting the information out to the community and all that. So this is the first time since I started putting books out that I've had to forfeit and actually just cancel the whole book. Um, for, for this year, for sure. So yeah, there's, it's, it's affecting my life, of course, but it's affecting what, which is what I always care about the most, which is the community and people who are struggling. That's always just number one for me. You know, anything in my life, it's, it's secondary anyway, but still it's, it, yeah, hasn't been easy. Yeah. It's, that's, I mean, for this to have affected the spiritual book that I know everybody in the community was so excited about and so much looking forward to it just, there, there really aren't any words, um, for how unfortunate, how, how disappointing, how awful this is. And again, hearing the true intentions behind it all, this, this whole thing is just completely unprecedented it's something that's never happened before in the health and wellness industry. There, It's going to take some time for us to unpack this layer by layer. And I'm grateful, again, that I have the pure evidence straight from these people's mouths to be able to really show people what's been going on because there are a lot of twists and turns to it. And, and I just want to also point out the fact that you, Anthony, have been talking about this all year. You've been talking about this even, I remember, I think, before that, I, you've been talking about this for a while, that there are people who have been trying to take down the community, that that's something that has become a major issue and that people are not citing the original information back to medical medium and um, in the community. And, and this group you know, has been persuading others to join them and to do the same. And I know that a lot of people didn't really kind of believe what you'd been saying, didn't want to believe it, that there was really something like this going on. And so it's extremely sad. Um, unfortunately, it's true. And now everybody can hear it for themselves. Is there any chance to play the last round of clips again for, for everybody? And I personally want to hear them because um, I, I just still can't even believe it. I mean, when you think about this from a journalist's perspective, this piece is unfucking believable. I mean, this is this is a journalist dream. I mean, you you, you are, I mean, it, the, the celebrities, the number of books sold. Yeah, it is awful, and that's why this there's an article coming out about him. I don't yeah. know if you know anything about that. It's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, I would not want to be on that train when that article comes out. I'm just saying. I think there's there's a lot coming is what I think, which is why it's really good that they're telling you now. Yeah, we're hopeful that once the article's out, um, 
one of the directors or producers that Britain works with will, uh, you know, become interested in telling the story really well. Oh, cool. Awesome. I'll pass that on to my husband. He was the cinematographer for that. He primarily has been working in documentary the last few years. Britain was on the phone and I was like, I was like, look guys, like Britain, I was like, you have the connections. Like you were the cinematographer of Bad Vegan. Like, can't, why don't you just go like, just talk to people. Yeah. And then, and then like, that's when, and that's when Ash went and did, cause like theoretically, without me pushing this along, why the fuck didn't Ash go to months prior? Right? Like, what took, why did she do that? Like, I, I feel like I instigated it. So he instigated it and instigated the number one plotter and the number one plotter's husband to use connections to go to the mainstream media outlet to get an article going about a deceased person who happens to be a friend of the plotter's friend of mine using her death and then having an article done by the media company so that bids when it comes out one of the plotters says, I don't want to be on that train when that comes out. All pushed by them. And then when the article comes out, bids for the documentary start. And then the husband has connections to producers. This is everything I heard on those recordings. And this is allowed by mainstream media. From what it looks like, these are highly, highly compromised sources that are rivals, business owners in the health space. Knocking out the medical medium, medical medium community would probably be very helpful for some of them. From my opinion, from what I'm seeing from these recordings of their exact words, um, do you have any... So... There's more than this. You have hours and hours of this. Yes, there are still hours and hours of a lot of content from these recordings to unpack. Um, and and I intend that we'll we'll keep going with this and and continue peeling back these layers. So, so investigator journalists, you're actually on the scene. And you have uncovered a plot and uncovered a planned plan. I've never seen anything like this in, in alternative medicine or the health and wellness space ever in my life. And I've been in the health and wellness space for a very long time. And I've never seen anything like this. Um, yeah. And it sounds like their plan is in the works and their plotted plan is, is happening. So um, I think that... Uh, your recordings are extremely, extremely powerful. And the community, I'm sure, appreciates you bringing this to light and, um, and exposing the plotters and exposing their plan. And um, I thank you. And we have the community. I'm sure they thank you, too. And truly honored that you're here. It's the morning you get a call. It's a roller coaster ride waiting for you to take a fall. They send you on it 
they got some balls. The fear and worry begins to rise. It feels it will never subside. You might die. You're taken away from what's truly important. Service to the people first. Private life always on the back burner and hope someday you get to enjoy it. But I doubt it. Everything gets put on hold as you battle the devils in the ones that want my name sold. Very bold. As they try to run you over with the truck, they never show kindness. They don't care. No one yells duck. You go down. You hit the ground. But you're not running. You're sinking. But you're not drowning. And the tide begins to turn when the real truth burns. You never learned that the vultures eat your liver and overreach as they go for your gizzard. Mistakes are made and they breach. Now it's time. The skit flips. The clowns, once beaming, go screaming as they run out of town, fall on their faces. How does it feel now as you trip? Keep in mind, you're far from perfect. You think you're the shit. A message to remember when you're down here. We are all sisters and brothers. Some love one another. Some love to be gaslit, while some just love to gaslight, while others just love to fight. And some become self-lovers. Who are you to say you're better than the other? Be a tree among a forest of different creatures. As you get older, you find you're not supersonic and you learn that your actions become your teachers.